Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we welcome you all back to this uh, week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast for Proper 24 in Year C, the week of October 20th. Uh, We're getting close to Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, so that's exciting. That's like two or three weeks away. I was just looking at that on the calendar. Uh, So we'll talk about All Hallows' Eve more when we get closer to it, maybe the week of. We'll talk about All Hallows' Eve and All Saints and stuff. That'll be fun. Well, can we talk about something that's, like, really important as it goes to that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. What is George going to be for Halloween? (laughs) George (laughs) is going to be a pig. Oh, Oh, my goodness. That's so good. only after we were buying the costume at the store did someone tell us that there's a character named George the Pig on Peppa Pig. Oh, really? So he's going to be George the Pig. I love that. Uh, apparently from Peppa Pig. So I don't think he has to be from Peppa Pig. I think he is an original oh, George the Pig. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's George the Pig whether Peppa Pig exists or not. Correct. So ontologically, he has some sort of George the Pig aseity that he exists in and of himself. Uh, ontologically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Paul Tillich. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, thank you for asking, and I'll uh, I'll update you on how the uh, how the the uh, costume works out after in our podcast after uh, Halloween. And right uh, while we're talking about Halloween, sorry, just got a quick plug for yeah. Trunk or Treat mm. in San. If you're in San Diego, and if you you know like trunks and you like treats, mm. <laughs> we will have a Trunk or Treat uh, in down well not downtown Bakersfield, San Diego. Uh, at 328 Maple on Saturday, October 26th, from 4.30 to 7.30. Um, yep, just there'll be a face painter, a photo booth, food truck, magician. We're going all out this year, kiddos. Fun. All right, well, if you're in San Diego or in the area or visiting, make sure to head down there. Listen to Maya. She's smart. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into our uh, poll, our Instagram poll from this past week based on the gospel from last week which was proper 23 in year C. Um, and the question we asked this week was, um, oh, well, it was based on this part of the gospel from last week. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this one from, from another country? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And the question was, is there a difference between being made clean and being made well? Uh, And this is something we talked about a little bit on the podcast last week, those differences in the Greek words. Um, And I was asking just, you know, as we read it in English now in this translation, do we just, can we tell a difference? Is Jesus like pointing to a difference between being made clean and being made well? And unanimously, 100% of votes were yes, there is a difference between being made clean and being made well. 
Uh, any any thoughts about that result or the question or answer from y'all? Um, I have a cool connection that happened today, actually. So we are reviewing this same gospel and spiritual nurture at Christ Church Day School right now. And so I posed that question to the fifth grade class. And one of the little girls raised her hand and I called on her and she said, yes. And I said, well, well, what do you think the difference is? And she said, well, when you're clean or you're healed, then you're physically better. But if you're well, you're better in your heart. Boom. I That's know. what I'm talking about. <laughs> she should be on the podcast. I know. I think she should run the podcast. Yeah, for sure. She could take my place. That's pretty much what I said. So good for her. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought no, that was pretty cool. She's absolutely right. She knows, she knows more than us anyway. The closer you are to birth the more you know about God. That's, I'm convinced of that to be true. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Uh, so thank you for everybody for taking part uh, in that poll. Uh, keep an eye out for the poll next week, which will be based on our conversation in the gospel for today. Uh, we also want to hear from you in other ways. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion, we want you to send us send those to us. Uh, you can either send them to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org you can contact us through the website where you can also find all the resources for this week that are based on the gospel, www.myfaith2go.org. Or you can contact us directly through Instagram at faith2go. So speaking of the gospel for this week, let's get into it. Uh, this week, like I said, proper 24 in year C, the gospel is Luke 18, 1 through 8. So like every week, uh, Charlotte's going to read it, and then we are each going to take uh, some time to highlight one point from the gospel that we hope you take into your week of faith reflections or discussions. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 9. 8. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? All right, so uh, not a whole lot of context uh, needed for this. We are in uh, the next chapter, uh, chapter 18 from last week. Last week we were in chapter 17. Uh, we've jumped over just one small section of Luke's gospel, and so we're... Again, continuing to plod along in Luke. Um, <clears throat> I think one just small contextual uh, thing to know, and I think Charlotte is going to touch on this more in her point, is just that that the, to pay attention to these um, the, these two characters in the story in this unnamed city, in this unnamed place, this unnamed judge who fears nothing, fears God, does not fear God, does not fear people. And then on the other side, there's a widow. And in this cultural context, uh, if, there, if you were a woman and you were not in some way associated with uh, 
a man than either by marriage or by uh, being the daughter of someone, uh, then you were not able to claim anything, claim property, claim land, anything like that. So Jesus is creating this person who has no claim on anything, who is trying to get a, a ruling in her favor on a claim that she is making from this guy who doesn't care about anything. So just, just to give kind of a general sense of the dynamic Jesus is trying to set up in this story. Uh, okay, so I have the first point for today. So I'm just going to keep talking. Um, <laughs> my, point, <laughs> my point for today uh, is actually uh, something that I, um, I don't know if you all have listened to this podcast. Uh, for, I know you listen to podcasts because you're listening to us right now. Um, if you listen to podcasts, go check out um, Richard, Rohr's, Richard Rohr's new podcast that's been out since the end of last spring. It was originally kicked off as a podcast to accompany his most recent book, The Universal Christ. Uh, and the podcast is called Another Name for Everything. And I was li- I've been listening to it, and it's awesome, just like Richard Rohr is always and forever awesome. Um, and he was talking about today his own feeling, uh, and he said that it's spanned like the last 10 or 15 years of kind of this like, I don't know exactly how to, to describe it. He described it as like a kind of like, like a lack of these kind of like really intense, he called them ooey gooey spiritual experiences, like that, that like deeply like emotional high connection to God that you feel, that, that you might feel. Uh, he said that when he was younger, he experienced them more often and then kind of thought that he was going to have those for the rest of his life. And then in the last, you know, this last kind of long period of his life, he hasn't felt those. And it was interesting because he was talking about it in connection to kind of like other relationships and perseverance in relationship and in relationship to God, and as well as tying into conversations he'd had earlier about love. And he was talking about love as being very specifically not kind of this idea that, oh, I love this food, and I love this show, and I love this thing, that we only have this one word for love, where in Greek and other languages there are a number of words for love that mean different kinds of love. And so he was talking about this love that in the Bible is agape, agape love, the love that describes God, that is a, a love that is like wholly self-giving. It is, is, it is a giving of the self. And he talked about this kind of like, spiritual uh, um, dryness kind of or maybe just a, like a not a not as a lack of spiritual of spiritual experience or a lack of feeling of God's presence or like a lack of belief that God is is present and there and 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 deeply connected because that is his message and that is his experience himself that he has this deep you know innate connection to God but it's more that at, at different times in our life, we will feel closer or further away from God. And I think that Jesus, this is what Jesus is talking about today, is that there will be times in our life when it feels like we are just waiting and waiting and waiting and asking and asking and asking and crying out and nothing is happening. And that doesn't mean that God isn't present you know, and so what Richard Rohr was saying is that he he has this he has this sense and this intu- intuition that this kind of period of of life when it when he's not having those kind of big spiritual experiences is like this opportunity to love God through 
to love God in a, in like in a deeper and newer and more complex way that like that God that God gives is giving him the opportunity to love God not because of what God gives but simply because of who God is and because of his relationship to God so that my, his love for God is not just dependent on what he's getting just like my love for a family member or my spouse or my child is not just dependent on what they give me, but I love them because of who they are, because they exist, because they are who they are to me, but not just because of what I get from them, you know? And so I think that's a cool way of, I I love how he said that in that podcast episode. And I, I think it ties so perfectly into this, that it's like, there will be these hard times, but even those hard times, those times of kind of desolation, when it's hard to feel God, when it's hard to believe that God is with us and and supporting us, even those times are in and of themselves opportunities for continued depth and growth and relationship. Um, And not necessarily negative times, but can be positive ones. And we can be kind of like assured of that because Jesus is saying there, these times will come and it is not a time to give up, but to persevere and to have and continue to have hope. And I mean, that goes kind of into my point, David, where um, we feel like often, at least I do, that either, you know, God isn't there and that not feeling, you know, like I don't feel connected to God, even though we know that's not the only way to experience God. And I feel like this is those moments are an opportunity to love God and worship God without like you exactly what you said. Right. But um, it's either that or I feel like either God isn't listening or that for whatever reason, I just keep getting like denied, denied, denied. And I feel like it's not so much that God issues denials, like unjust judge, um, but rather, you know, when we keep asking for things and we feel like those needs aren't being met, it's, are we asking for the right question, like the right things? And perhaps those needs are being met in ways that we do not even realize. Hmm. And so, you know, um, Roland Williams, the uh, former Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote this book called Tokens of Trust. And it's this idea that that faith isn't, do you believe in God? You know, we say in like the Nicene Creed, like we believe in God, you know. Um, it's not a matter of, do you believe that God exists? For, at least for me, I mean, I don't believe that's, that that can't be your only definition of faith. You know, faith is also this action of, yeah, you can believe that God exists. And you can have those moments where you're really just not feeling his presence, but it's this trust that is really integral to faith where I'm going to trust that, you know, the God of the universe that created, like, the, st- the stars seem to know what they're doing and he seems to have made everything I don't know. Something's at work mm-hmm. and something's going on. Mm-hmm. And I can trust him that it is ultimately for my um, growth and benefit and who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. So like your rejection doesn't actually, it might not be rejection, but it might feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, there's like a, an op, it's an opportunity for further kind of like reflection and, and openness because I think it, at its best, that kind of that kind of period of our spiritual lives can can invite us into a sense of the mystery and the openness of where this is all going and how God is working. 
And like you're, I love what you, how you said that about tying it into like to about it's also an invitation to recognize that the story is that our individual story is extremely infinitely important, and yet it is tied to this giant, giant, infinite story of the universe and of all creation. Well, point three is mine. Um, so the two main characters in this parable are the unjust judge and the widow. The unjust judge who has power um, and who certainly feels entitled and doesn't need God or have respect for other people. Um, I mean, he's a pretty fleshed out character for someone without a name. We have a real sense of who this unjust judge is. And then we have the poor widow who is, again, poor and marginalized, not just because of her lack of funds, but also because she is a widow, so without a husband, and that she is a woman on her own in this society. And what we hear about in it is her lobbying for herself and playing a role that would have been really counter to everything that they experienced in that society at that time. So this unjust judge who doesn't care about God or have respect for people and who I'm imagining probably spends most of his day annoyed with the world around him grants justice to this widow because of her perseverance, which is obvious in this. At the beginning, we hear about pray always and not lose heart. That definitely speaks to the perseverance of asking for what you need when it comes to God and to others. But what I think is so interesting in this also is that it also pushes us to look for the good and to look for God in unexpected places, like in this unjust judge. So this unjust judge who doesn't care about God still managed to do the right thing by this widow. Um, And if this unjust judge who doesn't care about God God or the widow or the world around him can be moved to do the right thing through perseverance and naming of things, then how much more likely is God to do for us what it is that we need Mm -hmm. then? God who cares about us, who cares about the poverty and suffering in this world, who cares about our communities, who cares about the environment, who cares about all of it. If we name our requests to God, who wants what's best for us, how much more likely is he to do what we need than it is this unjust judge who still managed to do what was required of him. And I think that the piece in that is recognizing that God wants this for us, that God wants us to have the things that we need. And maybe we don't always know the things that we need, or we may name them as differently, then we end up getting to receive them. But that it's really important that we say it out loud. It's really important that we come to God with the prayers of our heart, um, that we share our needs and our trials and our blessings and our sufferings with God on a regular basis. Um, And that in doing that, that we allow ourselves to have this closer relationship, like we were just talking about at the end of the last point, but this closer relationship um, that allows us to have the things that we need, because that's what God wants for us. Yeah, and I think that I think that really ties. I think that ties everything together so nicely because I, 
I think that the story also then shows how that how God is moving, how God is moving to bring about justice and equity, even through, even through situations where it seems like God is completely absent. That even this person, like you're saying, who is completely absent of any kind of love or desire for relationship with God or with other people, is able to actually do the thing that is justice. That, that is just even against what is expected culturally of him. And, and that, in that, kind of, in that kind of act, that maybe that person is, is changed in some way. And so that God is like, like we're, we were talking about before with this kind of cosmic fulfillment of, move, of movement towards something, towards justice, uh, in this kind of like moral arc of the universe, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. would, would talk about, is like in the midst of what seems like the most unjust, the the le- the most kind of like bereft of hope situation, there is something that there is some movement there that we can that we can take part in, and something can happen, you know, even when it seems like nothing can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's three points for us. Um, point number one was mine, and it was about uh, kind of the the holy nature of these kind of desolate times in our lives when uh, we, when Jesus is encouraging us to continue to, to persevere and to have hope, even when it feels like things aren't working. Uh, number two was Maya's, and it was about, you know, what Jesus is teaching us here about faith and about trust and about trusting in the movement of God uh, to bring about something larger than ourselves and to, and to, and to bear witness to uh, the the largeness and uh, trust in creation uh, and in one another. Uh, number three then was Charlotte's, and it was about uh, how God is moving the universe and kind of the cosmos and all of creation towards justice, and that even in the midst of what seems like the most unjust and hopeless situations, God can move, and that we are called to persevere in those times uh, to continue to cry out and call to God for justice and peace and truth to prevail. So, uh, having heard that conversation, uh, Charlie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if, you, see if you hear anything different this time through. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? All right. Thanks, everybody, again for listening to the podcast this week, Proper 24 in year C. Uh, We'll be back next week, October 27th, with Proper 25. We'd love to hear from you, so send us all of your questions, 
comments, uh, and stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection to faith2go@stpaulcathedral.org. You can also uh, contact us through the website, www.myfaith2go.org, or direct message us through Instagram at faith2go. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram and check out those uh, and take part in those um, Instagram polls. And uh, make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find us. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.